How is everybody, by the way? Um, some of you look just really nice today. Some of you, not so much, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, um, it is so fun to worship on Easter. Could you grab a Bible, and I'm going to have you turn to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and um, there should be a Bible around you, by the way, if you uh, didn't bring one. And uh, for those who are kind of new to this whole faith in Jesus and church thing, I want you to know that there are four different stories in the Bible about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're called Gospels. And um, I chose John's Gospel today. Uh, to be the the gospel that we're going to read and then uh, talk about. And and so I want to read the resurrection story uh, from John's gospel, and uh, I'd love for you to follow along. Chapter 20, verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stopped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciples who had reached the tomb first also went in and saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scripture that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying And as she wept, she stood and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other on the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, said Jesus. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is a Hebrew word for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene found the other uh, disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. All right, quite a story, huh? Kindergartner teacher was observing her class as she uh, was walking around watching them draw pictures. The teacher would occasionally walk around and see their artwork when they were working on things. And uh, she approached one little girl who at times could be a little bit difficult. And she asked, what, what are you drawing? The little girl told her, I am drawing God. But sweetie, the teacher said, 
uh, no one actually knows what God looks like. And automatically continuing to draw, the little girl said, well, they certainly will in a minute. (laughs) So um, today we're going to talk about um, this amazing God and how he wants us to see him and know him. I I was remembering... Uh, that in my former life, in my former church, um, on this day, we used to do these big um, Easter dramas. And we'd have a tomb um, and uh, the resurrection of Jesus. And um, one Sunday, um, there was a, a little child who had gone into one of the kitchen areas. And he ran back out to his parents and he said, Mom, Mom, Jesus is in the kitchen eating breakfast. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty profound uh, little story because here's the deal. If you want to know who God is, uh, look to Jesus. Um, that's who Jesus is. Uh, so um, we're going to have our question at this time. Uh, what first brought you to the lighthouse? So um, if you would like to answer the question, we're going to take a few of your answers. And uh, Brock and Flint are going to run mics today. Uh, you can get their attention, stand up, speak directly in the mic, give us a brief answer. Um, so just to kind of as a heads up, we, we often uh, will ask a question that is really designed to let the people who might be new here today know a little bit about what this community has meant to folks, um, because you might be here wondering if it can do the same thing for you. So if a few of you'd be willing to answer, it'd be very helpful. Uh, what, was brought, what has uh, first brought you to the lighthouse? Get their attention, stand up, speak directly in the mic, give us a brief answer. Um, my name is Michael, and um, I was brought here today just going home, just going home this morning, and um cab rolled by, and something just drew me out. And um, and um, the first I'm thinking is an AA meeting, and um, but it wasn't. And some guy said it's a good place to be, and I walk away. Then some told me to come back, so here I am. Yeah, thank you. Welcome. <laughs> All right, we're gonna come over here. Good morning. Happy Easter. My name's Courtney. I'm a grateful believer. And it's just a strange path that laid out for me. My good friend Jenny said, you know, I get out of prison, you'll find me at Lighthouse. And here I am still years later. Thanks, Courtney. Good morning. Uh, I'm Sean. Uh, My friend Sarah brought me here today. I just got out of prison last Wednesday. I've been, I've been locked up uh, ten and a half years, so it's a lot to take in, but I love the Lord. Uh, he changed my life while I was in prison. I've had the privilege to serve him inside there, and I need God's family out here in the world in order to maintain my recovery and to stay strong in my walk. So uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Good morning, Pastor Wolf. Hey, you Jerry. were the first person that brought me here. You invited me. Thank you for that. You helped change my life. Thanks, Jerry. I don't oh. think anybody's called me Pastor Wolf in like 10 years. <laughs> Holy wow. Well, that was weird. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie. Um, 
I too came here out of prison, and I came here with an expectation of one thing, but, you know, I, uh, the Lord had different expectations of what I was to find was, I don't know, family, hope, love, and encouragement. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. Hello, um, my buddy Garrett, he's like an angel to me, he brought me here, and I'm so grateful. Um, that's all I've got to say. Yeah, I thank you. Welcome. All right, we got hands coming up all over the place, so go ahead, Jenny. Good morning. My name is Jenny, and I'm a grateful alcoholic. I can say that. Um, I came to this, I had been going to another church, a very good church, but I was new in my recovery, and I kind of felt alone, and I had heard about Lighthouse Church, and I came here, and I felt so embraced, and I felt like I wasn't alone that there were people next to me that struggled like I did, and that made a difference. And I'm just so grateful to be here. Thanks, Jenny. My name is Galen, and uh, I drove past this church for many months, and I observed that uh, there would be people standing outside smoking, and I observed how they looked and everything, and I realized that this was a church of real people. Hmm. Thanks, Galen. I was drawn. My name is Marie, and I am grateful to be here. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. And um, when I first moved here, uh, there used to be another church here. But I was walking my dog. I was broken and alone and trying to uh, make everything okay on my own. And then the lighthouse came. And I was drawn to it. I can't explain it, but I just, I was just drawn to come in. And I was like, no, that used to be something else. And I thought, I need to be there, though. I need to go. And here I am. Yeah. Thanks, Marie. Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm Greg. And uh, I, uh, I came out here some years ago at some uh, meeting, AA meetings and stuff, but then I, uh, I didn't really come that often. That you know, just to, just to a few of them, and then a few years just before COVID hit, uh, I uh, started coming here to the church part, and uh, and uh, I'd been to you know tried a few other churches, and met, you know, but I just didn't uh, feel comfortable, and I didn't want to really you know go by myself. I didn't go with anybody else and then I don't know I just finally that's at the clubhouse and people were talking about the, you know lighthouse again and I just finally I just came and just started coming by myself and I've been coming ever since and I I picked I couldn't have picked a better time because I started coming just in 2019 before COVID and hmm. and uh, uh, it really was a good time for me because COVID was has been a struggle was a struggle for for me and stuff and uh and uh, it's been great so far, and I got baptized and everything. And uh-huh. It was awesome. It's been awesome right so far. So I've been thanks, Greg. Coming. Hi, my name is Gene. Uh, I've been with Lighthouse or came to Lighthouse back when we were meeting in a one-room uh, building, and I we changed from another church, 
And the reason we changed, or I changed, and my wife, is because it's a place of second chances for everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Gene. <clears throat> so we, we're going to finish with Mike and then Jeremy, and then we're going to wrap up. So um, Jeremy had his hand up as well, Brock. I'm Big Mike. Uh, we actually came here on vacation and searched for CR. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we actually moved here to Fargo is when we uh, took up Lighthouse as a church uh, back in, what was it, 2019. And been here ever since. Thanks, Big Mike. <clears throat> For those who don't know, CR is Celebrate Recovery on Thursday nights. All right. Hey, everybody. My name's Jeremy, and it was, I don't know, seven plus years ago, I was a couple years sober, and it was out of curiosity. I wasn't a Christian, um, I had a newfound higher power, and um, I met Dale in AA, and we became friends, and I decided to check it out. And I remember the first time I came, um, I was walking home and I ran into a friend and I said, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to church as an adult. And I was like, it was amazing. We, we, uh, first everybody shook hands and everybody was nice. And then we sang songs and then there was a message. And he's like, yeah, it sounds like church, Jeremy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, I don't know, there, there was something special here. And so the many years since... Um, the community has been amazing. Um, learning new things about myself, like I love helping out with Sunday school and youth group and just a lot of growth and met my wife here. Good place to meet your wife is Lighthouse. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that was quite a diverse uh, group of answers. And if, you're, if you are new today, you might be a little bit... Um, Shocked by the transparency. There's a lot of transparency around this place. Uh, this is Lighthouse's 10th Easter, um, which is hard to believe. Um, Easter is the best. Uh, it is the celebration of our faith, and it is why I do what I do. Um, Christ is risen. Yeah. It was also a difficult season for me in the early days of Lighthouse. And uh, that's a common thing, uh, by the way, for those who are not alcoholics and addicts. Um, the big times can often be the difficult times, uh, especially when you're new in your journey. Um, I've been a bit reflective um, lately, and uh, I suspect it's an age thing. People tell me that that sometimes happens when you're in your early 40s. <laughs> and, <clears throat> I'm going to get back at you for that. Uh, in so many ways, the Lighthouse community um, has amazed me. And um, to be honest, um, in some of my reflective moments... Um, I've asked God, um, what have you done here? Um, and, you know, what were you thinking? Was this what you had planned? And I just want to acknowledge something. Um, just want to acknowledge it. I hope that you can acknowledge it too. Um, this is one weird assortment of people that make up this family. Turn and tell somebody you are kind of weird.
turn back and say, you fit, welcome to the family. I cannot even begin to count the numbers of people who have come through the ministry of Lighthouse in 10 years. Um, and I was thinking about this. Um, so I'm very intentional about meeting new people, um, not only on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week. And I've always been that way as a pastor. Um, but especially here, because I know that for some people who come here for the first time, it is a big deal. And um, you may have thought, I, was, I will never go to a church, or I'll never go back to a church, um, or there may just be a lot of social anxiety that is burdening you when you first come here. And I've, I've realized that after learning people's names, the next um, thing that I ask is kind of an odd question. Um, I'll often ask, why are you here? Um, what brought you here? And it's like I'm saying this. It's like, do you know where you are? You see, I know the people here, and they're kind of weird folk. Uh, something is seriously wrong with us, and if you're here, you might as well tell me now what is wrong with you. I've been uh, reading a book lately that has been teaching me that that is the wrong question to ask. So I'm going to work on it. Um, it says, don't ask what's wrong with you. Instead, ask what has happened to you. And I've um, come to realize and remember that um, we all have a story. Tell somebody, boy, I have a story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you something that you know, but our stories, they shape us. And uh, if you have struggled with addictions or with mental health or with relationship issues or, gosh, we could do a long list. It pretty much includes everybody I know. Um, then we realize that that all comes from someplace because we come from someplace, Right? Uh, we've all got a story. Uh, one of the gifts of my recovery journey has been uh, this reality for me. Um, and then as I meet people, um, I've, I've tried to remember everybody has a story. And we are the way we are because of that story. What I've learned is it is your story that has often brought you here to Lighthouse. It is our collective stories that make this really the most diverse group of weird, crazy people that you will ever meet anywhere. And the reality is, is that those of us who call this place home, uh, we have come to learn that we are in this together. Turn and tell somebody we're in this together. So if you are new, and, and here's the deal, um, for almost as long as I've been a pastor on Easter, I've talked to those of you who are fairly new to this thing or have not be spent much time in church um, or uh, for who are struggling. And so uh, for a lot of you today, I know I'm going to teach you stuff or tell you stuff that you already know. 
But for those of you who are a little bit new um, or maybe struggling or have come here for whatever reason, uh, here's what I want you to know. This is a place that understands that you have a story. And for those of you who do make up this Lighthouse family, I want to tell you, if, if you want to be of service, then ask somebody their story. Ask somebody their story. Um, can I tell you that if you are new here, um, here is what you've walked into. This is an amazing community, an incredible group of people. And if you keep coming, you will experience, to the best of our ability, love and acceptance, and we will not judge you, and we will encourage you as you work through whatever it is that you are going through in your life. Oh, by the way, we would also like to tell you that there's a God who's crazy in love with you. So Easter Sunday is a day that I like to share some of the basics of our faith, uh, the faith that um, the Bible teaches. And um, I, was, I was listening to a radio station um, one morning this week. Um, I often will listen to Air One. Anybody here listen to Air One radio station? I think it's 89.5 in town. And uh, I was listening to the D- DJ's talk, and one of the DJs was telling the other uh, that um, this week... Uh, he had told his young daughter that you need to stop watching so much TV because your brain's going to turn to mush. And it freaked her out. And she said, mush, mush, my brain's going to turn to mush. And, and then she said, what's mush, you know? And um, you got to be careful what you say to young kids. And I, I was uh, ref- reflecting um, when I was listening to the stories that um, when our son Andrew, who, don't, who those who don't know Andrew, he's in the orange over here and he was playing guitar this morning, lives in Minneapolis and is here for Easter. So thank you for playing, Andrew. Um, when Andrew was little, like car seat little, I was taking him somewhere and um, if you're a parent, you've experienced this, we were fighting over putting gloves on. And I, and I said, um, Andrew, if... If you don't wear gloves, it's cold outside. Your fingers will freeze and fall off. And, uh, you know, aren't you glad that I've told you to put the gloves on now? You use those fingers for a living. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we were driving wherever it was we were going, and I noticed in the back seat he had taken his gloves off, and he was looking at his fingers. (laughs) I felt so bad, like he was trying to see if they're going to fall off or not. (laughs) Oh, We live in a world of information overload. We also live in a world of misinformation. Have you noticed that? And the the reality is, is that it's pretty easy for us to wonder, what is it that I can believe in? What can I believe is true? What can I trust? And I am, I am so aware that even in churches, and you know, some of you have probably been to a lot of churches, learned a lot of different things. Even in churches, you know, the teachers and the preachers are going to, you know, share different thoughts and opinions. And, and it can leave you wondering, what is it, you know, that is truth? And uh, you're going to have to decide yourself if what I'm going to share with you today is truth or not. Um, but I, I did want to just take a few moments to share with you what I, I do think is at the core of our faith, that for the most part, I think pastors 
and teachers in pretty much any church will agree on, okay? And uh, I, I decided to kind of give you kind of three little things and just put this list on the, on the board. Uh, so here it is. Uh, there is a God who created the heavens and the earth, and he created you. The Bible says that he created you in his image, that you are a masterpiece created by his own hand, that God created you out of love in order to have a loving relationship. And here's the other thing. This is the challenge we all face. God also created us with free will because he wants a loving relationship and you can't force a loving relationship. So there has to be some freedom involved. And so God has created you, but you've also been born into sin. And um, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but we can kind of tend to be self-centered. Somebody say, what, me? <laughs> you know, we, we joke about it. But, um, you know, I, I don't have to often spend very much time on this in our church um, we all know that there is something not right about us. We struggle. We make mistakes. We act selfishly. And running your own life got you to Lighthouse Church. And our sin separates us from God. And I want you to hold on to that. We're going to come back to that in a moment. But I also want you to know that Jesus is God's one and only son who came here to connect with us and to offer us a restored relationship with God. Jesus forgives and restores. That's what he's about. And it's, it's kind of hard to kind of understand the, the magnitude of all of what that means. But that's, that's kind of it in its simplest form. Jesus has come and died on the cross and was raised from the dead. Why? To forgive and to restore. You know, I, I know uh, this, this Lighthouse family will know that, that when we are really struggling in whatever kind of life-controlling things have overtaken us, when we're kind of in the midst of, of whether it's addiction or relationship issues or mental health issues or whatever it is, it tends to separate us from family and from the people that we're closest to. Anybody know that? Like, like you know, what, one of the things I've experienced in, in my own addiction and my own struggle with mental health is that um, even though a lot of my family and um, some of you who were my friends at the time were still there, it felt like you were so far away. Um, our, our self-centeredness, our sin, our, the, these things that we go through and struggle with, they tend to separate us from the people that care about us the most. They also separate us from the God who cares about us the most. And it, it literally uh, means that, that because of our self-centered pride and sin, that we are separated from God. Now, before I come over here and uh, do this, I just want to acknowledge that there is no perfect illustration of our faith and the cross and the resurrection. So um, I know this is quite simplistic. It's a well-known uh, little illustration, but it, it, at least it illustrates what it is that we are talking about today. Uh, so there's God. 
And there is you. God has created you in his image. Uh, God has created you to be in a loving relationship with him. But what happens in our life is when we sin, it actually separates us from God. It sets a barrier between us and God. It, It creates a chasm. And instead of teaching, you know, us that somehow we need to eliminate the chasm, um, he does that for us. And that's what Jesus is all about. When Jesus comes to earth and he dies on the cross, this is called the bridge illustration. Literally what Jesus does is he bridges that chasm. He bridges that separation from you um, and God. And he offers that to you, um, if you don't know that, that relationship, he offers that to you today. Um, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. You see it? Um, He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. And so it's through Jesus that that we find forgiveness, but not just forgiveness. We find the opportunity for new life. And we find the opportunity for a new life that will last into eternity. That's what the resurrection is about. So you might wonder, okay, um, how do I get that restored relationship? That's what I want to know. What do I need to do to get it? Well, there's really nothing that you need to do. Uh, You can't earn it. Frankly, you can just surrender to the fact that on your own, you're kind of a mess. But with Jesus, um, you can be a new person. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 say this, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loves us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins... He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Um, A few verses later in chapter 2, verse 8, it says, why don't you read this one with me? God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Here's the deal. Um, God loves you so much. That's what this day is about. God loves you so much. And, and he, he doesn't just kind of, you know, offer you his love and then ask you, okay, so get your life in order and then we'll start this relationship. God meets you where you are at. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you more than you could ever know. I tell you all of the time, there's nothing that you can do today that's going to make God love you more than he did yesterday. There is nothing you can do today that's going to make him love you more tomorrow. And when you open yourself to Jesus and believe in him, happens often slowly, but here's what you're going to discover. Um, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is comes from Ephesians 3. One thing in John's gospel account of the resurrection that always strikes me is that when Mary Magdalene first runs into Jesus, she doesn't recognize him. Did Jesus' appearance change? 
Or maybe it was that she had seen him die and she didn't really understand what it was that she was looking at. I've come to believe that it was something more. Um, John says that she was weeping, and I don't think that he's saying that there were so many tears in her eyes that she couldn't see clearly and she didn't recognize Jesus. I think that she was so filled with fear and uncertainty that she could not see clearly. Mary had had a tough life. If you think you're like the first one to have a tough life, Mary Magdalene had a tough life as well. And the Bible says that Jesus had accepted her unconditionally, that he had given her healing, that he had created a new life in her, and now he was gone. Now what? Now what? Does she go back to her old way of life? Um, Here's something that I want you to know, um, that you and I are going to also face spiritual crossroads. And at a spiritual crossroad, we decide... Do I move forward or do I go back? It's possible that Mary was facing the reality that, that I'm not sure the way forward, but I know the, the way back to my old life. Know my way back to my old life. You and I are going to come across those spiritual crossroads in our life as well. Some of you are perhaps at a crossroad today. I know that in the depth of my own addiction and depression, I also could not see Jesus through the tears of my pain and my fear and my uncertainty. And at that time, the temptation was always beckoning me to come back. Go back, you know, go back, go back to what you were experiencing. So if you're at a crossroads, um, one of the things that I want you to know is that at the crossroad, uh, you are the most vulnerable you ever will be. You are the most vulnerable. It is often in these low times when we become very self-absorbed and unable to see Jesus or even the people who want to help us. And it is then that we are most vulnerable. If you're at a crossroad today, I want you to know you're in a vulnerable spot but that's not the end. Uh, there's, there's good news. At the crossroad, Jesus speaks our name. At the crossroad, Jesus speaks your name. It is in such times when we consider going back that our hearts are also the most open. That's the weird thing. It's when we're the most vulnerable that our hearts are also open to something new. And it is then when our hearts are open to Jesus and he comes and he speaks our name. With Mary, he simply said Mary. He didn't have to say anything else. Mary. And her eyes and her heart were opened to what Jesus wanted to do in her life and she was open to moving forward. If you're at a crossroads today, I want you to know that Jesus speaks your name. Courtney, he speaks your name. Kai speaks your name. Tara, Greg, Ashley speaks your name. Here's the thing. Jesus knows your name. Jesus knows your name. Knows everything there is about you. Still, he loves you and he speaks your name. 
If you are here with tear-filled eyes in the state of fear or uncertainty, Jesus knows your name and he calls you by name today. You know, the greatest evidence that Jesus' resurrection from the dead is a historical fact is what happened uh, to his followers. The tears and the fears for their own lives turned into incredible boldness of faith. And um, they moved from being people who were hiding out, afraid that they were the next to be arrested and to be crucified. And they moved, after watching Jesus die on the cross, from being people who said, oh no, to saying, I'm all in. Mary and Peter and John and the others were so certain that Jesus had died and rose from the dead, that he was God's only son, that they lived and loved like Jesus did, and they told everybody that they met that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, even at the cost of their own lives. You want evidence of the resurrection? It's that, that Jesus, uh, what happened to Jesus' followers. But here's how I want to end. Um, if you want evidence of the power of Easter and the risen Jesus, you need not look any further than the people around you this morning. This room is filled with people who have experienced God's power to heal, to set free, to give birth, and to give new life. And if you didn't catch it during the, the, the question and answer time, I just want to point out to you again, that same Easter power is available to you. The people around you have heard Jesus call their name and, and they are experiencing the power and the freedom of the risen Christ and how Jesus himself works in community through his followers. Uh, even a group of messy and crazy ones like this. Um, amen.